Good morning, Urban Village, and happy 10th birthday. I am so excited to be invited to this celebratory time as a guest preacher. My name is D'Angelo Smith, and I go by they, them pronouns. Let's jump right in. Let us look to the Lord in prayer. Oh, gracious God, who steps down into our stories, who shows up in our efforts to live into the church we are called to be. Open our ears that we may hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Open our hearts that we may embody that which you are challenging us to live into. We thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Before we really jump into the sermon, I would really love to give a definition of inclusive. And I went to dictionary.com and let's read what I found there. Aiming to include and integrate all people in groups, in activities, organizations, political processes, etc. Especially those who are disadvantaged, have suffered discrimination, and are living with differently abled bodies. You know, I really, really believe that one must work, really work, to be inclusive. And they need to work on, we need to work in a holistic manner with our physical, with our emotional, with our social, and with our spiritual to move towards being more inclusive. So, with our text today, you know, I, I must say that I have a love-hate relationship with the writings of Paul and the letters of Paul. Because many times within our, our past, many people have justified oppression with the words of Paul. And this is very personal to me because many of my identities are still oppressed and justified by some through Paulinian writings. Such as being a descendant of enslaved people, being queer, and being a Christian grounded in interfaith acceptance. Yet, when I read it as a Pentecostal that I am, I must invite Holy Spirit into the conversation. And when Holy Spirit is invited into the conversation, God makes the 
wisdom of the world. Look a certain way. And the wisdom of God seems foolish to the world. allows for that which is grounded in oppression with the interpretations that are being used be turned upside down. Our text today is familiar to many and in the time of Paul you know, the metaphor of the body was very familiar to the people then. You know, it was more about the top-down model of things. Brian Peterson says it's best. He says, quote, Culture used the image of the body to strengthen the hierarchy of society, which had to have a head that told everything else what to do. Hmm. Sounds very familiar to me. Sounds like our society and our political system today. Another problematic interpretation is uplifted by the heritage of womanism, theology, and that is looking at the Bible and theology through the black woman's lens of experience. And in this concept of uh, uh, that of this text, in the context of this text, a womanist would say and have a challenge with all being the same. This is very familiar to Paul's writings and many people acclaim it to Paul and also Paul writes in Galatians 3:29 For you all you for you are all one in Christ. So for the womanist this creates a questioning of who creates the standards. And who creates the model that one must conform into? Does this erase my identities of differences from others? Are we just one race? Are we the same gender? Do we have the same sexual orientations? Do we have the same political views? And so this is challenged to say no. But thanks be to God for God's wisdom, which turns things upside down.
This is a Rubik's Cube. It is made of 27 pieces, which 26 of them are cubes with stickers on them and with stickers that are different colors. One way of looking at this is that we can see that there are six faces. And each face have a different color. Orange, blue, red, green, yellow, and white. And these could be the different identities that show up in our community. And most of the time, you see that they are separate. They lend themselves to their own community and stay put. There's not much mixing up going on. Another way that we can look at this Rubik's Cube is that there are three layers a top, a middle, and a bottom. And these could be looked at as the intersectionalities of our existence within our identities. And so, this is a finished cube. It's neat. And to me, it uplifts what we talked about earlier about the problematics of being one, all being one. And the metaphor of the body of looking at the head telling everything from the top up down what to do. That's tough for me. And I'm wondering if we mix things up, how would you feel? So I practice Theater of the Oppressed by Augusta Boel as a joker. And within these workshops and our training as jokers, we learn that Boel said if one is not confused, then how do they know that change or transformation needs to happen? If one is not confused, how do they know that change or transformation needs to happen? If we are all living in our own spaces, 
How do we know that change for our brothers or sisters and siblings on the other side need change and transformation? How do we know the interconnectedness of our struggles and problems and situations if we all stayed the same. Hmm. Executive Pastor Emily preached at the beginning of this month about God's math, God math, where she challenged the notion within God that one plus one does not always equal two. That it could equal five. That it could equal seven. And it can equal 257. So let's take the concept of God math to this cube. This Rubik's cube. It's mixed up now. What if the mixing up, the turning and bringing ourselves in relationship to others is where God is really calling us to explore the identities within ourselves and within each other to learn more, to bring those who are, have been disadvantaged to the table, to allow them to give voice to their own experience because they are the experts at their own experience. Our text today, if we look at it in God's eyes, Paul is really telling us that the intimate parts of our bodies, those parts that we seem low and, and, and not really that important, are the most important of them all. So I'm wondering who within our communities, within our nation, and within our world, that we have looked so lowly upon in these times, that we create spaces for them to become an, a, a, a more sacred in this moment. I think that the text today calls for those of us that are privileged to sit down and be quiet and listen to our trans sisters and brothers to our dis differently abled body sisters and brothers, to bring children to the forefront of our understanding of how we navigate in this world. Urban Village Church.
I'm wondering, is God calling you to turn things upside down? Mix things up that a little confusion comes in that we could work together and rehearse a new worldview, a new way of living and honoring those who not so often get the privilege of being honored. In these next steps, I hear God calling you to discern where in your own personal life that you can turn things upside down. When can you sit down with someone who you don't have the same political view with and just have a decent conversation? Seeking knowledge and honoring where they are. The church, turning it upside down and imagining it anew means that we must bring those who we have hurt to the table. Bringing those who we don't see as church to the table. Allowing their input in the most intimate settings of our ministry. So, will you join me in turning what we call this universal church? <laughs>